Welcome back to another episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. The Broncos had a big-ass win today. Let's go. We beat the Chiefs. We finally ended the streak. Let's go. You guys really think I was about to have a very just easy, smooth intro in this thing, bro? We won, man. We got to come hard with this episode, bro. Oh, my goodness. Bro. I, don't even, I don't even know what to say right now. Um, all I got to say is welcome back uh, to another episode. I'm your host, Amir, with my co-host, J-Mac Jordan. Um, huge dumb man today, seriously. I mean, 24-9 against the Chiefs. Um, I don't even think any, any of us really thought that the Chiefs had ever. When's the last time the Chiefs even scored less than 10 points? I don't even think they've ever scored less than 10 in the Pat Mahomes era. Like, if someone fact-checked me on that, but that, okay, that that is crazy. Vance Joseph's defense. I mean, we have so many takeaways uh, to go over in today's episode. Um, we'll go in, you know, uh, jab at them one at a time. But uh, J-Mac Jordan, how are you guys doing after our Super Bowl victory? I am doing fucking amazing. Friday, I got to see Wimby put on an amazing show against uh, the hometown Rockets, which is a huge W. And then this Sunday, hey, nobody could have, bro. I had no idea we would have a chance. I thought we'd have a little chance to win the game, but but we want, like, we actually beat the fucking Chiefs. We didn't fuck it up. We didn't find a way down the road to lose the game. So I'm doing great. I'm doing great, man. They called me the madman. They called me a when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, man, I will give him credit where credit is due. I was one of the people that I, I told Jordan. Everybody go back to the last episode, the last like five minutes of J-Mac just cooking us, bro. Like, <laughs> I, I was like, yeah, Jordan, I would love to beat the Chiefs. And he's, he's just cooking us for having any type of faith. But hey, man, this is like I said, this is the last game I was asking for. Like beating the Chiefs, having 16 losses in a row. If we made it another year in a row of losing against the Chiefs, Shit, I probably would never watch a Broncos Chiefs game ever again. But here we are, um, a huge, huge dub. I can't uh, state that you know enough. Um, and you know, like you mentioned, your Spurs winning. Obviously, Jordan, the Celtics are looking really good. So dominant. That's all right. Oh my God, Derek, Derek, ball headed white is ridiculous. Lord have that, mercy. That is crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was really, I was having an argument with uh, one of my friends yesterday. I think the Celtics definitely are gonna t- beat the Bucks easily in the, the postseason. But um, yeah, my uh, shout out to Broncos alerts on Instagram for mentioning this. The Broncos and Nuggets are a combined five and zero the last two weeks. Who who would who would have thought the mile and the Avs are this Avs start off like six and one. Yeah. Holy cow. The the city for mile high is feeling really good right about now. Finally, the Broncos are actually putting it together. And um, we'll see how they look over, uh, you know, following this game after the Chiefs. Um, man, like I mentioned, uh, me and Jordan, uh, me and J-Mac predicted that the, Ch- the Chiefs would, lo- excuse me, win this game. Huge shocker. Um, let's go and start jumping into our, our good in the game. There's a lot to talk about today. I mean, this is the first game where I actually looked at the Broncos and said, they're actually like you could tell that multiple different positions were gelling together, and we finally have like an identity. It's crazy how much of a difference uh, Sean Payton can make over Nathaniel Hackett. Who would have thought? But man, the play design on that Javante touchdown—just I mean, Nathaniel Hackett couldn't cook up something like that, even if he put all of his time in his life to you know drop go to the drawing board for that. I mean, this is the most simple yet like cool designs in the red zone that he improved from last week to this week um huge improvement there um i just think overall the the biggest takeaway i can get from today's game is the broncos finally had like a winning type mindset going into this game you can really tell that from the coaching staff from van joseph to sean payne to the players to special teams this is the first game where i was like man all three phases of the ball are really clicking this is what a good football team looks like and you the chiefs are my super bowl pick before the season the broncos just beat a really 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 good super bowl contender so i'm gonna go ahead and leave it off to you guys jaquan mick go i don't care what nobody wants to say jaquan mcmillan I saw 27 on the sideline, baby. I don't want to see him nowhere else on the field this season. To call McMillan, it's his time. That's all I got to say, man. What a game from him. You can see the, the difference with him tackling in the backfield, 
the the insane interception he got. He was just all over the field today. I am so glad we made the decision to bump him up. I still understand Raleigh Moss. He played today. I will say he played today. But Jaquan McMillan, man, I mean, just what a what a switch. Like Van Joseph finally, finally found some common sense and to say, let's get Damari Mathis off the fucking field. And we did just, and we have been doing that. And shout out to Jaquan McMillan, man. He's earned it, fought his way on this roster, fought his way into the lineup, and he's done a damn good job since he's been inserted into the starting lineup. My hat goes off to Jaquan McMillan. I just want to give a shout out to legit every single player that was on that sideline uh, for this game because they've been hearing a lot of shit, a lot of shit coming into this game. By their own media, by their own fans. Us. There, there was a lot, but I would say, since we were technically a part of the media, we we weren't saying some of the outlandish things that some other no. people in the media were saying about some of these players personally. And all <laughs> like, it's been real bad. So for these players to be hearing all that, and then we we already know who I'm talking about in terms of media people not knowing a lick of what they're saying. Acting yeah. like they're they're in the locker room every single day, talking like they're in a matter of fact, going after these people, attacking these people. Yet the players have to hear all this, go to practice every single day, bust their ass, and then go on Sunday to beat the Chiefs. I shout out everyone on the offense, defense, special teams, everyone on that side. Then Sean Payton. I mean, I know it wasn't the cleanest of games, which of course every single team's gonna have a not a clean game. It's the NFL. Shit happens. Literally, shit happens. But I shout out all those players. It was a a tough win, and I this group they're starting to gel together, and I I'm very proud of the, the, these players and the coaching staff. Yeah, what a rally! I I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say it, um, just because I don't know if I'm sure you guys would give you credit to him, but Vance Joseph he deserves a hell of a round of applause, and I still stand by hiring him over Rex Ryan. Yeah, I'm saying that. I I think he the way that this defense is rallied, and me and Jordan have talked about this off air. I, I feel like Sean Payne also deserves a lot of credit for the defense too. His his blueprint is on that defense, and you could tell like the switch from that Miami game to and actually from the Chicago game to the following week, and then to the next week, and to the next week. I mean, the way they played the Chiefs this year, ridiculous defensively. That is the best like Broncos stretch of defense I've seen against a division rival in quite some time. Like allowing 19 to the Chiefs on Thursday night football, they couldn't touch the red zone to save their life. I mean, it took them, you know, a lot of luck in that first game, a lot of, you know, Broncos offensive woes to barely put up 19. And then you have this this game where they barely are able to put up nine points. I mean, it, it's just remarkable the, the turnaround that the, the the defense has had. My hat goes off to Vance Joseph. My hat goes off to Christian Parker, Marcus Dixon. Um, Every every member of that defense, honestly, like I, I hardly saw any players in the defense had a had a. I don't think I saw any players in that defense have a bad game today. Besides, I don't want to point out specific players, but in the first half, Jonathan Harris was kind of getting on my nerves with uh just not creating any type of pressure. It was kind of frustrating to watch at times. Broncos mm-hmm. need a massive upgrade. I know mm-hmm. people are actually uh we're gonna talk about the trade deadline and um you know, later in the episode, but I know someone in the Broncos media can't remember who it was, but he mentioned the Broncos sniffing around Jonathan Allen. If they do somehow become uh, buyers, um, they, they could, if they want to upgrade a defensive end, Jonathan Allen is available, but um, yeah, the defense deserves a lot of credit today because the offense did have their moments where I was like, man, they could actually blow this game. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought up the Jonathan Harris. I talked about that a lot in the last episode about just how poor his performance has been. But I mean, all in all, like 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 Jordan said, it wasn't it. You're never gonna have a perfect game, but I do I do want to get my hat out to Vance Joseph. I mean, I said it like I think last the last game uh, reaction we did. I mean, the defense is completely different. I mean, it really is through the first defense we saw through like the first four weeks. Like I don't ever since the second half of that Bears game. I mean, the defense looks. And it looks like the defense that we thought it was gonna be going into the season. I knew going into this week. You know, everybody's like, man, Chiefs going to blow y'all out. Y'all got the worst ranked defense in the league. I'm like, dude, but if you watch the way this defense has been playing the last couple of weeks, we're not playing like the worst defense in the league anymore. And mm-hmm. we aren't. I mean, this is – and people are going to knock Mahomes because they're going to say he played – this is the worst defense. No, 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 no. Don't get it twisted. This defense has been playing way better. And I do applaud Vance Joseph because I was the main guy 
you can name whatever you want. I was the main guy calling for his job. And I still, I don't agree with you about Rex Ryan, that whole part of it. I don't agree with that. But I will say, I will give Van Joseph credit where credit is due. Him and that whole staff, they have turned around his defense. They kept guys motivated. And I mean, I don't even know if you trade anybody on the defense anymore at this point. Besides maybe I have one guy that I still think should be traded that I still think might get traded. But as far as Justin Simmons, and everybody shut the hell up about Justin Simmons getting traded. I feel like it's now looking like it's blasphemous. And Patrick Sertan too. But, I mean, I will give Vance also the credit. I mean, this is just, like you said, nine points to the Chiefs. Unbelievable. Mahomes, two turnovers. The Chiefs, they didn't score a touchdown. And that's just... I mean, you can't really say anything else about it. Like, they didn't they didn't get in the end zone. Travis Kelsey, six catches for 58 yards, empty calories. We did well against the run. Can't be mad anywhere. I mean, the defense finally starting to show up. That Vance Joseph, that defense actually playing pretty well. It's like this team needed to gel with their new coaches. It's like things don't happen like this when you get a new coach. But I understand that the NFL – since you play every seven days and it's a week-to-week thing and everyone likes to overreact. And, again, I know everyone in the NFL world is overreacting about Vance Joseph, and rightfully so. We saw NFL history when he gave up 70 points. <laughs> but still, it was more of a just let it play out and let it simmer a bit. And then look at that. You got defensive guys playing for each other. And then, like, off the bat, the first drive of the game when the Chiefs went three and out, it seems like those guys, those guys have some attitude, some swag to them. I even tweeted that out. I ne- I I never seen Nick Benito go up to Mahomes' face and just talk shit like Dude, that. that is, that. bro, on Twitter yeah. he's talking about Chiefs pack. Yeah, that's bro. those are guys we need on this damn yes. team. That's hard. Dogs. That's Dogs. hard. Well, uh, that's- but, uh, to your point, Amir, those are the people. But also, we have our own media people talking about how people don't care and people don't do this. Oh. I, he's one of the most skilled guys I've ever seen, but let's just trade him for no reason. We have people like that in our media, so fans don't get to see that part. But, it, again, those are the guys that I know we have in the locker room. It's just sad that sometimes we don't come out on the other side of the win, sometimes because maybe a mishap happens here or there. It just finally feels good to have a capable coaching staff, and now that we're seven, eight weeks into it, we're finally gelling a bit, and you kind of see that culture coming up a bit. The identity on the offensive side of the ball is coming up. I mean, things play out. It doesn't happen just quickly like that. You have to let it play out. But, again, I won't be surprised if there's some media out there that's going to probably shit on the win. Oh, we still look bad. Now we're going to have nowhere near the number one overall pick. Don't listen to any of those people. They've never been an athlete before ever in their life. They don't know what's going on in that locker room. They don't know anything. Enjoy this damn win. The players wanted it more than us. Trust me, I can guarantee you that. So just enjoy this damn win. I, I love that so much that you're bringing up the, like the players on a personal side because that isn't talked enough about in the media at all. And I feel like we're probably the only ones that talk about it. Like if we were in the locker room, we probably and me when we've had players on the show and stuff. Like people have you know told me and J Mac that they appreciate us asking you know more questions on a personal level, getting to know the players rather than always trying to you know shape a narrative around these guys. Well, we love these guys to death. I'm so like I. I get teared up thinking about PJ Locke's story, everything that he went through, and then going out in his first NFL start being the Chiefs today. That's stuff that makes me like so happy. And Baron Browning coming back, you know, dealing with all his injuries and adversity, gets a huge strip sack on Mahomes. Yeah. I said in our other episode, I feel like he's our best pass rusher. Two sacks today, two three quarterback hits, two tackles for loss. I I'm just I'm so happy to see these guys just balling out and overcoming all this adversity and the shit that they got from the media. And I will take blame. And, you know, part of it is us where I've constantly went on rants about rebuilding this roster. I feel like we need to tear down all that. Um, and we'll talk about all that later in the episode. But, yeah, just Baron Browning, you know, you mentioned Jaquan McMillan, huge fan of him, man. He's going to be, uh, you know, I said it, I feel like he's going to be a starter for years to come. And uh, I'm glad that he is just balling out so so early despite not a lot of starts in his career. It's it's awesome, man. He's literally a rookie undrafted free agent last year. He played one game last year in the season finale. And the way that he's playing at a high level and we're not even – we barely are about to hit, you know, halfway through the season – it's remarkable what he's doing, especially after Vance Joseph's like collapse at the beginning of the year, how he's been able to rally and build his way from a special teams role to now being a starting nickel who fans are already, be, you know, sh- you know, 
marking him as a fan favorite, that's awesome. That's stuff that you like to see. It's crazy that our defense seriously went from one of the most hated, you know, spots in this team to quickly one of the most like probably favorite, honestly. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up these guys' stories. I mean, McMillan, I mean, PJ Locke, I feel like no one else, I, I don't say anyone else, but me and you, like we all knew on this pod how special he was. So yep. it's not really a surprise to us about how well he's playing. I mean, on the fourth and two, Mahomes tries to just throw it up to the weak, supposedly weak side of the field, and nothing's there. PJ's all over it. I mean, you look and then Jaquan, uh, I said Jaquan, I mean, uh, um, Jaleel McLaughlin, just another guy. I mean, he has some plays in this game too. Where you're like, see, and they they talked about it on the on the broadcast about his story, Youngstown, like Youngstown State is just so crazy in the league. Like, I mean, you some of these players, man, it's just crazy to think about. It, like on this team, and you know, a lot of a lot, a lot of them do get a bad rap personally. Which I, I don't I don't understand at all. Like I'm Jordan Jordan, I'm so glad you brought it. I don't get why people attack guys personally. If you want to attack the game, then do that. But a lot of narratives get made about like even I don't I don't even want to say any names, but just guys personally, like they see one thing and say, Yeah, he's a bad, bad guy off the field. You gotta get rid of him just because of that. Like that makes absolute no sense. And a lot of these a lot of these dudes who report that, they don't even really know. They're just making up a headline just for clicks. Well, and Amir, to your point, like to be fair, and I'm being honest, like this podcast, like we talked about rebuilding and stuff, but that's not really taking shots. Anybody. Exactly. So, like, again, like don't take any blame for that because compared to what other media people do and people that <laughs> we've seen and follow, it's a lot worse. We, we don't question a player's toughness, their will, their per, like we don't do any of that. Other people do it, but those reporters and media people, think that they're more of an athlete than anything else they believe they think they think like that <laughs> even though they've never strapped up anything up so it so again don't put that blame on like on you or us because again rebuilding is a whole different topic and it was and it was warranted especially for the state that we were in so obviously we were in the right everyone was in the right to talk about rebuilding but again like how you said like how we just said right now we will never ever question a, a personal thing with these players their will their toughness, their compete for the sport, the team, that's not going to be us. You can go to another station, another brand, another media, and go to those reporters because they're really good at doing that. That's the only way they can get clicks. Go to them. We're not going to get that here because we know what, what it feels like to be in those type of environments, how how that is in that, that competitive environment. So, again, that, that, that just really ticks me off, and I'm just, again, happy for these players that they finally – overcome that and now it seems like they have a lot of momentum going into the bye week and and so forth yeah i hope a lot of these these fans know that their opinions do not matter a single bit to these players for being <laughs> completely honest like you guys talking about how the jerry judy's too weak or these guys are not strong enough or they're wussy or whatever i know i saw someone comment on my instagram i don't like you know giving people the the shine and the sunlight for the spotlight for this but um i saw after brandon johnson got placed on ir someone called him like a wussy and all that bro if you stepped on the field you're shitting your pants instantly seeing chris jones line up against lined up or you got you see these other cornerbacks you see say these safeties you're shitting your pants instantly and you're having your mom carry you off the field like that that, that that's exactly like you guys think you seriously you played five five snaps in high school and you're you're that you're the shit like jerry judy fucking route your ass up but sorry i have to go out a little bit off the off the rail there for a second a lot of these people kind of get on my nerves with that um jerry judy is actually one of the toughest receivers in the game i'd like to make that argument but um yep. I want to go ahead and uh, keep talking more, you know, just bounce it away from that negativity a little bit. I want to talk, you know, give some more shout outs. I mean, Josie Jewell, I thought had a really good game. He got a, one of his sacks negated by a penalty, um, kind of a, a little uh, BS penalty, but um, Josie Jewell had a really good game. Also forced a fumble, created another turnover for the, I think it was uh, today, a total of like four turnovers by the Broncos defense, Baron Browning, Josie. No, five? Yeah, no, yeah, no, no, no. If you include special that. teams, yeah. it's five. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about to say, so yeah. So the, the, the muff point is five. Yeah, that's so crazy. Five turnovers. Incredible, incredible job by uh, the Broncos defense special teams today. Um, yeah, Josie Jewell, Fabian Moreau, I think he, he deserves some love. He got a hold in the third quarter, which is a little ticky-tacky. Yeah, but it was little. Yeah. Besides that, though, Fabian Moreau deserves a lot of love. Like him yeah, subbing in for Damari Mathis, being a veteran. I mean, he stepped into that role like no other. I mean, he, he deserves a lot of, you know, 
he does, does, deserves a lot of credit for being so sharp in that role. Um, and you know, Vance Joseph, I know he's been calling, you know, he's still today. I saw some, you know, a little bit of a zone coverage in there as well. It's not just all man coverage. And that that's exactly what you got to do against a Pat Mahomes. You can't be running man coverage the whole game because you have to limit the explosives. And I think Fabian Moreau and PS2 have done an excellent job of accepting that and, you know, being more versatile corners rather than just being like a one trick pony. Uh, you know, one-on-one coverage. So I think the corners deserve a lot. Honestly, all of our corners today pl- played a hell of a game. And I would also like to shout out Tremont Smith on special teams. He made two really, 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 really good plays. Hitting the hitting uh, McCole Hardman after he muffed that to make sure he doesn't recover it, rather than making the boneheaded decision and jumping for the ball and, you know, kind of fighting with Hardman to go for that fumble, huge. He also had another uh, special teams tackle on a return that yeah. looked like Hardman might pick up some yards, but clutch uh, tackle to wrap up his ankles. Shots of Tremont Smith, man. Big yeah, game. Hey, I know hey, it, hey, it wasn't huge, but like it, it helped the Broncos in field position. Because I'll say out of that Broncos country, I've probably been his hard, harshest critic. And I look, I'll be honest, <laughs> I most definitely was because I didn't understand it. But today I will say he played, he played great. I mean, I can't really like fault him for anything. I mean, he he looks like the guy that we brought in to be the special teams guy that I thought he was going to be coming in. I thought I was, he was going to be returning kicks. And huge shout-out to Marvin Mims, too. Um, but I will say he's impacting special teams in so many different ways. I mean, like Amir brought up all he did. Like, you can't really teach – I mean, you can teach that, but for, like, for all the flack he's taking, I'm, I, it, it hasn't been just me. I mean, he, he did a great job today. I will say that in the corners – yeah, shot like I said before, shout out to Carl McMillan and Fabian Moreau too. I mean, Fabian Moreau is a guy we picked up right before the season started. Like, this yeah. is a guy that he wasn't here in training camp. And I know he struggled a bit, but today, to me, I didn't really see a flaw in him today. I know he had the holding call with Tiggy Tag, but so was Patrick Sertan's bullshit holding Whoa. call. Like, that was re- man, I'm like, bro, you can't even play football anymore. Like, what is this? But I will say, shout out to all the corners. They like those those three guys, Sertan, Moreau, and McMillan, like, they did a great job today, and I'm glad you brought up the man coverage, zone coverage thing. You know I'm huge on man coverage, but I do agree at some at some points in time, you do have to mix it up. You can't run the same thing against, especially Mahomes and Andy Reid, because they're going to end up finding a way to beat you. But I, I do yeah, like yeah. the mix-up, and shout-out to Josie Jewell. He had a um, a holding penalty that I think took away a sack, and then he came back right back to yeah. the next play. I want to say, didn't he, did he force yeah. a fumble? I don't want to be wrong. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, so it was really like a few plays later, he got the holding penalty, and I'm like, come on, man. Like, we had a sack. We finished ready. Mahomes off the field, and he comes back. Like, a few plays later, forced fumble. And I'm like, see, those type of guys that we need on the team. Pen- don't hold your head down. And I, I got to applaud Vance Joseph for that. And one thing I will say, the tackling does look a lot better. And I do want to applaud nice. Vance Joseph. Yeah, Coach I didn't realize that. Too. It looks way better. And I know they got some new guys in there, too, to help with that. But I just – I, I want to give – because I, I will say I've been the light of negativity in terms of bashing guys and bashing, you know, especially on the defense side of the ball. I want to give credit where credit is due. An outstanding game today, in my opinion. I mean, it couldn't have got much better. Mahomes was looked like he was about to cry on the sideline. It was just, <laughs> he did. It, I remember they I, – I, I mean, I think after the Justin Simmons pick, he just looked defeated and hurt. And I just – I got to get around the applause, man, because Vance Joseph – I wanted this job gone after that uh, week three. I think it's week three, week four loss to Miami. He's turned his whole defense around, man. It's it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it was week three. I still have nightmares from that uh, week in general. But, uh, yeah, again, it actually feels good to have, like, a good special teams as well. Usually yeah. we're on the yeah. other side of it, muffing that punt and then losing the game. It actually feels good when the opponent does it for once. Um, the, the Chiefs have been a very vulnerable team, I would say, this whole season. I know last game they looked good against the Chargers, but, I mean, Brandon Staley in that defense, I mean, I don't know who gave Brandon Staley his guru card for defense, but and that needs to be revoked. And I thought <laughs> that Vance Joseph looked more like the guru on defense than uh, Brandon Staley. So I'm happy that it, it looked like the players were playing for each other than playing for the coaches as well. Like they were he- Again, they were hearing all the stuff, and, it's just nice to see a good team win. Again, not clean at all, but it's just you can see the coaches is, is slowly coming in little by little. And I just I liked I don't know why, but I love the handshake at the end between Sean Payne and Andy Reid. And I remember Andy Reid last game in his post game saying, "Hey, 
Sean's yeah. doing something special in Denver. They're going to be going through the things. Now, he said something along that that line. And that handshake at the end is just like, hey, like, I'm coming. Like Deion Sanders saying, I'm coming. So, I, Sean Payne, get his hands on a good quarterback. And I know Russ didn't play his great game, but statistically, whatever, we'll, we'll have to talk about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Again, Sean Payne, I, he's building something special. It, just, it takes time. Everything takes time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Drew Sanders, huge fumble recovery on the muff punt, like we mentioned. Um, also, last few uh, shout-outs, Jerry, Judy, Corlin, Sign. I know they didn't light up the stat sheet like a lot of Broncos fans wanted them to. They should have been throwing the ball more. But at the same time, the Broncos were running the football really well, and that's what they just yes. kind of had to keep going with. So you got to really – you're not pay, playing to you know, pad the stats of your receivers. You're playing to win a football game. So – Jared Judy, though, on that one drive, he had uh, his catches, um, two catches, 50 yards, touchdown, uh, big game, uh, you know, on that drive uh, from Jared Judy, kind of a statement drive, I guess you could say, for all the fans, you know, criticizing him and whatever. I mean, he, he looked really, really good. Corlin's son, I think, looked really, really good, too. Um, I would like to, you know, retrack uh, myself a little bit and say I don't think we should trade Corlin Sutton. Um, I know I was on that train in our, uh, you know, second to last episode or whatever, um, but he's actually, like, Dude, in the red zone, this dude, like, is I don't know why. I just think every time of Michael Thomas, like, in the red zone, this dude just finds ways to get the ball into the end zone. Like, he's always open in the end zone, similar to Jerry Judy. So, like, very, very uh, encouraging stuff from our wide receiver duo. The Broncos fans aren't happy that our first-round pick, 15th overall pick, didn't get 150 yards and three touchdowns like he did last year against the Chiefs. And because of that, he's a terrible – he's a he's a bust and everything, but they don't realize what it, what goes into these game plans and winning the, win football games. Um, we, I mean, you you mentioned our last episode, Jordan. The Broncos, if they're going to win this game, it was going to be on the ground. Um, and they, they did exactly that with Javante. Um, you know, which leads me to my last player, Javante Williams. Holy shit! I mean, the last there. the last like ten carries were like garbage time because they had to yeah. you know chew out the clock. But man, dude, if I counted up every damn tackle he for missed tackle he forced today, God, like he looks even better than his rookie season. I I know that's a stretch to say, but like. What he did today to that Chiefs defense, we should be calling uh, the, the police like right now for murder because that is not Jeez. okay. Javante, you need to issue issue an apology right now to that defensive coordinator. And I gotta say it on the pot again, my Pookie Bears back. <laughs> <laughs> See, like every time I want to give Javante any type of credit, I just go. Well, give it to him. No, I am. Uh, I will say every run today, like had impact. From Devontae, whether it was just a no gain or anything, like I felt like somebody on the defense felt his presence on the field. Like just every you could hear it. Like if you watching the game, you every time you could just hear like every single time he's run the ball. I'm like, God, he's but I will say this. This is what the this is what we thought the run game was gonna be going into the season. What we thought it was gonna be out the gate. Shout out to Lloyd Cushionberry and shout out to everybody up front. Cause I'm gonna be out me and Amir were the harshest, and I mean, uh, some of the harshest critics you could find on Lloyd Cushenberry. I mean, me and Jordan thought Forsyth was going to be the starting center. Yeah, that's true. At, at a point in the season. And I'm not going to lie, looking back on it, I told myself, I'll be like, look, man, I don't even blame me. I don't blame us for thinking that because he was not great at all in his first few years in the NFL. But he has developed into something really nice. I mean, he the jump he's taken, I think that's got to be one of the most improved Broncos, like I would say this season. Just completely, I was not expecting this at all. Shout out to Ben Powers and Quinn Miners. They were, hey, man, you got to play uh, Chris Jones and George Carl Lobster. That's not easy. Like, Chris Jones just by himself, that's not an easy assignment. And they did a good job today running the football. They made the Chiefs fear to run. And it kind of opened up the pass game a little bit. I'm glad you brought up Jerry Judy. That was one of our keys to victory. Throw, throw the damn ball to the wide receivers. <laughs> like, that, it, throw the ball to them. Jerry Judy in the first drive. I think he had a 40-yard catch, and they got the easy touchdown. And Corlin Sutton, it, I want to say this about Corlin Sutton. I don't necessarily agree about not tra- about trading him. Like, I'm not going to say I'm a dummy down from that because I wasn't saying to trade him because he's playing bad. I think it was just a more at the, the state of our team. Um, I'm a, Corlin Sutton, I he, draw, he draws so many penalties. LeJerry Sneed <laughs> is too small. He was too small today. I think That, that was a good just, matchup. He was too small. And I remember last, uh, last year they put Judy on Sneed and he just gave him work the whole game. That was really bad. He gave him work the whole game. And this this time, he had a good breakup on him on, on one slant route. But 
every time just throw it up to Sutton, it's going to be a flag because he just can't hang with him. I think I think they called offensive pass interference on Sutton one time, which yeah. is complete complete bullshit. Yeah. But man, Sutton, the draw penalty works. I mean, Snead couldn't even get his. He was trying to do something every time you see him kind of had his arm around his neck. He couldn't really do anything with him. But those two guys, I mean, we're three and five going to a bye week with Buffalo, who just played an absolutely. I don't care anyone said that was a fluke game against. Um, Tampa, like I, I, I do not look at Buffalo like I did going into the season. So I don't know what the Broncos want to do with that, but I'm all on board for keeping both of them. I was on the trade of, I was on the train of really don't trade Judy. I didn't think Judy was going to get traded regardless. I thought if anybody's going to get traded, it's going to be sudden. But at this point, you got to keep them, and you got to keep, like I said after the game on my story, man, you got to keep, you got to feed these guys the ball too. Like you got to just keep giving them the targets at least, and we're gonna find ways to win like that. And I would like also to give my credit to my receivers. You know, I love my receivers. Judy and Corlin had a good game. I, I always love this duo, and I hope they're here past Tuesday because that's when the trade deadline comes. But with that being said, I do understand that there's a lot of box score people now on social media, so they're going to look at the stats and they're not as flashy like Amir said. But when you're running the ball that effectively, and then I hate to say this, but – when your quarterback does not look a certain way and does not play extremely well during a game, that's also going to hurt your your production a bit. And I know we've been praising Russ a bit. His stats are a lot better than last year. That's 100%. But, again, he's still not playing well. And I do believe if Champagne does get his quarterback in the near future, I do believe that you can see a lot better numbers with Cortland Sutton, with Jerry Judy. And I would even say the run game will even look a lot better because once you're attacking the ball down the field, some run games are going to be open, some running attacks are going to be open. So, again, I don't want to be a little bit negative on Russ, but, again, Russ did not have the best type of game. And I think with only improvement from that, and, again, Russ can start playing great after the bye week and then we have no problems. But, again, that production and that those numbers from your receivers – then Judy's not going to get two receptions for 189 yards. That's not going to happen. Corlin Sutton's not going to get three receptions for 150 yards. So once we have a running game like that, you keep on feeding Javante, and then you get those shots that Corlin and Judy had. I think that's perfect. That's absolutely perfect. But, again, quarterback is a issue with these guys, especially with their numbers and their production. Yeah. Yeah, it's like even with this is how Champagne has always been. Like in New Orleans, it wasn't like you always had multiple 1,200, 13-yard receivers all the time. Like you had, you saw Michael Thomas have some really good seasons and obviously wide, wide receivers dating back to that as well and some really good compliments with Ted Ginn Jr. and everything. But um, they've always been – his offenses have always been a really, really, really like run-first, heavy, you know, two-running-back committee type – team in offense like that's what they revolve that's what their identity is that's how they you know win football games and when all fails in the past game you can rely on a um you know used to be Alvin Kamara Mark Ingram now you're relying on a Jalil McLaughlin Javante and today at times when Russell Wilson just was not looking great Javante breaks two tackles picks up five Jill McLaughlin gets a good catch out of the backfield or runs a you know runs for a first down like that's a really really good and Smaje is still really good too so um you, you have that's one of the I would make the argument that's the strongest position on a roster. Like that position right there is very, very um, solid going in next year and builds a you know a good game plan around whoever your next quarterback is going to be. But yeah, let's talk about our stock down. I only had two for my stock down or negatives or whatever you want to call it for today. Number one uh, was the refs. I mean, obviously we can all agree by that. Number two that I want to talk about. You already talked about a little bit. Russell Wilson. I was going to say it on my Twitter, but I want to save it for the show. I feel like. He, I don't know, man. He's washed. I don't know how to. I don't know how else to put it. I think Russell yeah. Wilson's washed, and I think uh, I think the Broncos would have won him by even more today if Jared Siddham was at QB. That's where I'm going to leave it at, at that. Okay, I wouldn't say that because one thing I will give oh, Russ man. is that he didn't really the the he had the fumble which was bad, and I I kind of put that on him. But I mean, he didn't throw. He didn't make any like plays that was going to lose the game. I don't know if Stidham could do that, but um, I agree with Russell Wilson and. The thing with Russ, and, like, ever since the Bears game, I've said that I felt like his play just hasn't been the same. And you could just tell – I don't know what's going on. And I 
I agree with what both of y'all are saying. I don't want to go too far and say he's I don't think Russ is just complete like trash. I don't yeah, I don't think he's trash. I don't think he's trash. Yeah, but I don't think he he's not the same quarterback that that he's not the quarterback that we thought we were gonna get with him. I mean, there was plays today where Sean Payton drawed up the ball to go to Judy. And you could see it. It was early in the first quarter. I don't know if anybody Mm -hmm. else paid attention to this. Judy is literally wide open. Like I'm I'm he he called like a I don't know if it was a post route or something or a crosser, but Judy is in between defenders. Russ has to put that on the money, throws it out of bounds. Yep. Sean Payton calls the same play. Judy's open again. Russ underthrows it. I'm like, oh my god! And it, no, no, that was no. The underthrow was a whole different time. The, the right after the overthrow out of bounds, he did the same thing. It was an overthrow out of bounds when we had to punt. And I'm like, yeah. And there was times like the fumble, like the the fumble where the cheese got it. If you watch it, Russ sees Carlos. He steps up, and even if you want to say Russ didn't see him, it was in his blind spot. Carlos has touched the back of his jersey. Russ, you feel that, man. Like, you feel, okay, God just touched my jersey. Let me get rid of this ball. He holds on to it and continues to look down the field. And then Carlos just strip sack him. And his plays I see where I feel like Seattle Russ would move around like broken play. He's just not going to take the sack. Like, he's going to find a way to get around and maybe throw the ball away. It's just not the same. And then... I'm starting to see it like it's becoming a thing. Like Russ looked very like in they're saying it's one of his best games. This is very game manager like for for him today. Like this wasn't Russ didn't really make any exceptional plays, in my opinion. And I don't I don't I'm not saying he can't, but his like his his IQ for the game has dropped, just in my opinion. I feel like I don't know if it has anything to do with his ability, but I I, I know for a fact in watching him play. His IQ for the game has definitely it's not it's not the same as it was. And like like Jordan said, the receiver numbers, their numbers are like that for a reason. Like Sean Payton is, I'm looking at him on the sideline after Russ throws those balls out of bounds. He's like, okay, shit. Well, shit. I don't know what else to do because I'm the, the he's wide open and Russ is just chunking it out of bounds. And it's just a lot of plays like that. I don't want to go too far and say he say he's washed. Washed means he just he can't play anymore. But He's just not the same. But I would say he's not the same guy. That he's not the guy that I thought we were gonna get going into Denver. And I don't. And if Sean, if he's doing this with Sean, yeah, I don't know. But I definitely agree. I, I think Sean has to get his guy, whether that be whoever he wants. I feel like we got to get somebody else new in here going into next season because we should have really beat the Chiefs today way more than what we did. This should have been an uh, even more embarrassment, in my opinion. And it was just a lot of plays where Russ just couldn't get it done. So I agree with the stock down, putting Russ on that. It's just – it's crazy when you think about it, man. This is a guy that we thought was going to come in here and, like, would I wouldn't be talking about him not – you know, like, taking a strip sack in a moment where he just doesn't think to get the ball out. No one pressure's coming. Like, it's just – I don't know what's going on, man. It, it's, it's, that, that, that's still a huge shock to me. I'm glad you mentioned again, J-Mag, about the receivers because there's a reason why teams are calling for Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. They understand how good they are. It's just, again, the production from the quarterback hasn't been there uh, for the past two years. And in terms of managing, like, Sean Payne, not only is he managing the game, and he managed the game great today, but he's also managing his quarterback to a certain extent. Like, yeah, I know people get, like, frustrated with the screen passes from time to time, but – we he's just trying to get passes completed and it sounds it sounds bad but like Lombardi was talking about it the other day with Justin Fields when he was playing like these guys they're just trying to get the ball completed get 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 the ball completed start get the ball in our playmakers hands and let, and let them go to work sometimes they they're not seeing the field as great on uh, one day so those screen passes help a bit but again Sean Payne has to manage the game, and then he's also managing Russell Wilson at the same time, especially when he notices when Russ is not having a great game. So Payne has a lot of stuff on his plate uh, for three hours (laughs) during a game, but I thought Payne did great today managing the game. We had, I think, over 34 minutes of possession, which was phenomenal. Yeah. And then, again, I thought he did a good job managing Russ, but Russ in particular, him his performance was not that great. I thought – Again, we should have won by more, which is crazy because we when you have more, you can just tell that it's finally coming alive, this team and how they're building and judging, you know? 
five turnovers and you could only win by 15 with their run game looking really, really good. And I mean, J Mac talked about it, multiple passes off target. The biggest thing with me is pocket presence. Like this guy, his IQ inside the pocket. I guarantee you a rookie quarterback in the first round, we can bring him in and he'll already be managing a game much, much better than this. My thing is like, you're paying this guy. You're going to, we're not even at the worst part of his contract. He's about to start making north of 50 million per year. And you're telling me, yeah, it's fine if he's a game manager and he's helping us win games at 50 million a year. At that point, yeah, like, what's the what's the point, dude? Like we can literally put in Jared Sidham right in there and he might be doing the same amount of impact to the team. Dude, it his pocket presence is no, it, is it's yeah, probably better than Wilson's. Like, okay, I, I agree. And it I swear that's the biggest shot to me is like it's not just that, yeah, some throws are off target, but like Russell Wilson was known for his pocket presence. Like, this is something that he was elite on. Like, Madden created an X-Factor called Blitz Radar because of Russell Wilson. Of Russ. yeah. like, 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 we have to, like, like, this dude could sense pressure coming from a mile away. Oh, pressure's coming. Let me get out of here. He was known for play. If the play breaks down, he could even do more out of that. Guys went at him. Oh, let me split through this guy. I understand he's older, but it's just how do you, at, at this point in your career, not – like it's it's taking a big regress, and that's that's why I don't think it's too much on his skill. That that's a mental thing for you not to for you to step up in the pocket because of pressure, and still not get rid of the ball. You feel the guy touch you in your back. He's that close to you where he got a hand on you, and you still don't get the ball away. I mean, you're gonna most likely get a turnover. Guys are gonna strip you, and I'm like I'm screaming at TV like Russ, get rid of the ball, get rid of the ball. He's come and he just holds on to his strip sack. He's get the ball, and I'm just like. And that was part of the middle eight, Jordan, because we can get an easy field goal there and go into halftime, I think, 17-9 at that point. I think, yeah, that was going to be the score, 17-9. And instead, or no, it was 17-6, uh, I think, or something, yeah. 17-3. And the Chiefs get a field goal because they get the ball back in great field position. Mahomes make two throws, they get a field goal. It's just stuff like that. Like, the pocket presence is the biggest regression. If Russ just wasn't making throws, that's one thing. You can kind of manage around that. But when this guy just has – he's just lost all of his – I, I don't even I don't even think I can make it even simpler than that. The guy just has no pocket presence whatsoever. I'm shocked behind that. I was that's something that I wouldn't expect that, that I just wouldn't expect from us. I mean that whole aspect is gone. Like he looks like he doesn't know what to do when pressure comes. Just I don't know, man. I think it's just because he got hit a lot. He's gotten hit a lot over the past two to three years. So his eye level is naturally down. So stepping up in the pocket is hard enough for him already so his eye level's down he's afraid to get hit so those things play a huge factor so i'm not surprised but it is shocking that it's kind of leading up to now because just because our offensive line has been great uh this season like they've been good and some of the sacks that they've allowed are not really on the o-line yeah Uh, but again He's been hit a lot, so naturally your eye level is going to be down. So that's why I think it is. The biggest thing with me and is like you can label what the, the term washed however you want to. Me personally, I think washed means you're not the same quarterback you used to be or you should be given the money and everything that you're making. With me, it's like you're paying Garibald's a lot of money. You're paying Mike McGlinchey a lot of money. You're paying Ben Powers a lot of money. Guys you bring in to help the quarterback, obviously they're big run blockers, but still they're solid in pass pro. Mike McGlinchey, not really, but, um, you know, Loie Kuschenberry has been excellent. He's been actually like top five in the NFL and centers in, in terms of pass protection. You got Quinn Miners, who's taken a step, a big step this year. I mean, you have a really, I'm talking like a really good offensive line and you have a really good running back room and you have some really good route runners and you have a really good youngster you draft in the second round. And you have a really good contested catch receiver. And you're going out and having games like this today. Yeah. I I, I stand by it. I think Jared Sidham would do like as well as Russ, if not better. I'm not going to go that far because one thing I will give Russ, he's not really throwing a lot of interceptions. And that, I mean, interceptions is how you can, really can lose games. I will say Russ isn't technically losing us games because he's turning the ball over. But I will say this. One thing I want Bronco fans to look at, I saw on Twitter people are, yeah, look at Russ. You got 16 touchdowns, four interceptions. Mahomes got 15 and eight picks. Stats are very misleading, people. And I'm the biggest guy when it's stats are very mis- stats can be very misleading and they can be helpful and very misleading if you don't really watch it. That's why I'm like Russell Wilson, man. 
a lot of that is empty calories too. A lot of it is very empty. Like a lot of that is very like it's just not like he has those stats, but it's not impact. It, it's I don't want to say it's not impactful. I'm looking for the right word. It might be impactful. It's just like anytime a home makes a big play, you like you just you can tell by the way the game's gonna go. Russ makes a big play, and you're still sitting there like. He might find a way later in that game to make us lose. Like, he might play bad enough in the second half for us to lose the game. And they brought it up in the broadcast. Like, he's one of the best first-half quarterbacks. But you come out in the second half, and it's just not the same. As the game goes down, and he just, he's not the same. And I think a lot of that is just his pocket presence and his, accurate, and his accuracy. It's just not, it's not the same as it was in Seattle by, by far. Like, I feel like it's not even close. Like you go back watch the Seattle days, even games where he didn't play that well, it was entirely different. Like, I don't know, man. I I'm 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 gonna stay on the train where I think we need to get another guy here. But as far as this season goes, I feel like I, I don't think Stidham could come in and do make pocket presence, maybe, but in terms of like play, I don't know, man. Cause I feel like you get a, a guy a guy like Stidham, he turns the ball over a lot. I mean that, that he's gonna be he's not as good he's not gonna be as careful with the ball as Russ is in terms of throwing it like throwing it into bad spots. Well, I will say I mean I just want to pose a question here. So Russell Wilson did complete twelve passes today. Does Jarrett Stidham complete twelve passes today, which is basically three a quarter? Hundred percent. Are you kidding me? No, I, again. I but, don't want to, you know, cause a little. But, 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 but that, but I, but like that, that's another thing I say. It can be misleading though, because the thing, the thing is, we're playing, we're still playing one of the best defense in the league. And a guy like Russ, he's going to, he know he still knows what to do. Like he knows, okay, team gets like the Chiefs, you can't put the ball in harm's way. Like you just can't really do that. I, I feel like Stidham, yeah, I feel like, of course, he can play three pads in a quarter. That's nothing. You can make, you can get that on the drive easily. But I'm gonna say I will. I want to give Russ that credit to where he's not he's not putting us in position to lose games. What Russ is doing, like 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 Russ today is what Teddy Bridgewater would do: manage the game, not turn the ball over, and give us a shot to win the game. Like that's just what that's what a game manager is supposed to do. And I feel like that that's what he was today. I mean, but, yeah, they're both really good at holding on the ball for centuries. So yeah, but I mean, as far as Stidham goes, it putting another guy in there against an elite defense there if Stidham's in there they're gonna they're gonna scheme in a whole lot different and they're gonna make make them like they're gonna make him say beat us Stidham with your arm and I just don't trust Stidham's judgment over Russ at all like I know I know Russell's accuracy isn't the same but I still trust his judgment when it turn when it comes to where he's throwing the football way better than Jared Stidham's I would just say to that point I would and now I'm trying to see. I'm trying to pick my words correctly here, but it'd be interesting to see Stidham with Peyton, just because since Peyton is already managing Russ to a certain extent during the game, I would. I'm interested to see how he would with Stidham, especially because I do believe Stidham will step up in the pocket more. He will have his eyes down the field more. Yeah. I mean, again, I understand Russ. He, you know, he had a couple of nice passes today, but it's not passes like Jarrett Stidham can't make them. Like there yeah, are a few screen passes. I think Stidham could have made the pass to Judy down the field. I think he had a, had those two touchdowns. I mean, there's a few passes that you know I think Stidham can also make. But again, I think in terms of managing it, I think it's also big on the play caller and certain stuff. So it'd be interesting to see like a Stidham and Payton type game. Just because I think Stidham is smart. I mean, I mean, he was a highly taught recruit coming out and stuff like that. There's a reason why he's here with Peyton as well. Exactly. So, I don't know. It'd be interesting, especially coming out. I'm not going to say Russ is going to get benched after the bye week, but if I think our next game is the Bills, right? Yeah, Monday night. It'd be interesting that Monday night, if the game's very much in reach, and something, I mean, I don't know. It, it'd be, I'm just saying, it'd be very, very interesting. I mean, again, G-Mac, you said it earlier in the episode. There's times that Judy is wide open and Russ does have a lane to throw it. I do wonder how the games change and the momentum change. If Stidham is in there, he could just hit him. Because it's not like it's an impossible throw every single yeah, no. time. 
No, I agree that to a point where Stidham can make most of the throws. Russ made that. I don't think Russ really made any crazy like amount of throws. But I just think from a turnover standpoint, I feel like I'm way more comfortable with Russ, and I'm way more comfortable from from that from, like just from that standpoint alone. You turn the ball over a lot, you're gonna lose. Hmm. Stidham is a guy where he. He really, I mean, if you even go back to where he is in New England days, he doesn't really play. Like, he never really plays, like, just a clean game. Like, and you're going to go up against the Chiefs, who Spagnola is just a, mm, no. We're going to play. Well, he like, didn't have Sean Payton. Yeah, but, like. I don't think know, Sean Payton will put him in harm's yeah, way. That, that's yeah. what I'll say. I don't think he'll put him yeah, in harm's way. Yeah, yeah, but still, like, a, it, it won't really matter because guys, guys who are prone to turning the ball over, they're going to find ways to do it. And. Like that—that's just the truth. Like I'm not saying Jared Stidham is bad. I'm just saying like if you're gonna play like you playing a, a defense like Kansas City, when you play defense like Buffalo, they're gonna scheme it up for a guy like Stidham to turn the ball over. Spagnuolo's gonna just blitz the shit. He's gonna blitz the hell out of him. And that's like he didn't really blitz for it. Like it wasn't. You saw some blitzes, but it wasn't as much because he knows like Russ isn't gonna really. Make he's not really throw the ball in harm's way like that. But if you put a guy like Stidham in there, that's gonna change the like yeah, it's gonna change the way Peyton can call it, but it's also gonna change the way that other defensive coordinators can are gonna call the game too. I think first of all, I think you always try to game plan for any quarterback to turn the ball over. I think that's a the given. You do it less with some quarterbacks if you know they're like a Patrick Mahomes, obviously. But Jarrett Stidham, I, I I just feel like I mean I disagree. I think he, him under Sean Payton will be a lot better than him under Josh McDaniels. I mean Let's let's be honest there. And I think he's much more mature. He This is one of the first years where he's been able to sit under a pretty good staff, Davis Webb, Sean Payton, and obviously having Russell Wilson to mind like him. I mean, he hasn't had the the greatest start to a season. Like you mentioned, the stats are skewed. But I don't know. To, to me, I think we're regardless. Fate tells me that we're going to see uh, Jarrett at some point this year. And I will like to say that I don't think the Broncos are making the playoffs this year. And I think we might do similar to what the Raiders did last year with Derek Carr. Um, maybe we go on some magical run. Who knows? That's I would love for us to make the playoffs, but I just I don't see it. And I think at some point this year, if the, I, I will say I don't think it's going to be anytime soon. But I think if the Broncos lose like pretty bad. I think they're going to they're going to put Stidham in. Can I ask you a question? What's up? Okay, so do you think right now, like, are would you be more com like, would you be more confident if Stidham was the starting guy moving forward or Russell the starting guy moving forward? More confident. So like, what I'm basically trying to ask you is like, do you think Russ is better, or like Stidham is gonna be better, or Stidham's better? In this offense, you don't really know until he's on the field. So, like you said with the whole turnover thing, you don't really know if he's gonna be turning the ball over until you see it happen. So. I don't know, man. It's one of those things where you got to really experiment with it because the preseason wasn't enough. I mean, they went up against, uh, you know, the second stringers or whatever, the third stringers of the Rams. So, I mean, I can't really take that. He did have a good uh, offseason training camp. But like I said, that's not it's not enough to go over. But just knowing what I know about Jarrett Siddham and knowing Sean Payne brought him in for a reason and knowing that Jarrett Siddham is a much better player when it comes to stepping up the pocket and Russell not holding the ball forever like Russell Wilson does. Maybe I might be leaning leaning towards Jarrett Sidham. And I mean, that's why I said it to begin with. So there are situations where I would have preferred Jarrett Sidham today. Like I said, definitely 1,000%. I know people out there have agreed with me. Uh, I'll answer it. I think I'd be more confident. It pains me. It pains me to say it. Again, I think it makes a difference when you get the ball in your playmaker's hands and drives look a bit different. And stuff like that. We've complained a lot about our receivers not getting the ball. Again, I think those little seven-yard gains every once in a while, 12-yard gains, that is out there to be had. Don't get it, don't get it twisted. It's there. If Stenham could just make those plays, we're not asking him to throw 40 yards. We're not asking him to do that. Exactly. If he can make those plays that we've been asking for a quarterback to do, it pains me, again, to say it. I think I'd be more confident. Because we just pounded the rock on a really good Chiefs run defense. All we needed Russ to do was not hold on the ball for eternity behind an offensive line that played pretty solid today. They had their reps where Garrett Bowles and some different offensive linemen kind of got beat for sure. I mean, that's the Chiefs defensive line. But I don't know. To me today, Russell Wilson didn't do uh, the greatest job, uh, to say the least. So honestly, yeah, I, I definitely would prefer Stidham um, 
most of this game. And I, I don't think he'd be turnover prone with pain. I again, I know he's had. I guess you want. I guess you can say issues with it, but I I wouldn't label him as that as of right now. It, because it would have to be like a Drew Lock type thing, like just an interception every like. You have to be synonymous with a turnover. Like he doesn't have a lot of starts under his belt. I mean, yeah. that, that's kind of like almost every quarterback. I feel like there's hardly ever quarterbacks that come in just playing perfect football off the bat. Like Russell Wilson, this is his what? Like, I don't know, 11th year or whatever, 12th year. And the it's just such an issue. Like, I, to me, pocket presence is so important as a quarterback, and that's the biggest thing with him right now. That's his, his biggest weakness. And that's like the one thing, if we could fix that one little thing, I'm not even asking, like you said, I'm not asking Jared Sidham to be a superhero. All I'm asking is like 200 passing yards per game. That's it. Like not even more, not even has to be 180. If we're running the ball five yards, four yards, a carry, whatever, we could win football games against a really good Chiefs team like we did today. And as long as the defense does their job. That, that's what we said the whole year. The more I mean, and more I think about it is just. I mean, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I strongly disagree with that. I mean, just. Just because it's like I agree with the fact of us bringing in another quarterback and he can do possibly do better, but I don't agree with that quarterback being Jared Stidham. I just that's just me. I don't I don't think like I mean that's just me. Like I, I don't think if we put Jared Stidham, we got a better chance at winning like the game. Like I mean I I mean I'm not saying Russ is playing great, but I don't really think Stidham could come in and do better than what Russ is doing. I feel like there's just, in terms of the holding the ball aspect, maybe we would still have to see. But, I mean. I, I will say the one thing we're going to miss is, like, the mobility and the ability to, like, make flashy plays. Like, I'm not too sure Stidham will be able to do that as well as Russ. Oh, Jordan. No, no, he disagrees. No. I, will, I will counter oh, my that. Goodness. I will counter that. I will counter this. I will counter that. With this, I do believe that can play a benefit because we've seen Russ scramble out the pocket a bit, and we've seen him fumble the ball and cost us a game. That's true. AKA the Jets game. So sure. I will say that I that that is a big part of Russ and his mobility. But I'm not saying I'm not saying don't sleep on Stidham's legs. I'm just saying that can play a benefit in how the game is managed, and that's a huge part in all of this. And again, I think Stedham can scramble for like a three-yard, four-yard. I mean, it doesn't have to be a 10-yard, 15-yard thing every single time. I mean, Russ is technically not even doing that with us right now. So True. Yeah, like what mobility are we really missing it when you think about it? I mean, he, he looks a lot slower. So He ran today on fourth and two, did not look as fast, and he did fumble the ball again. So You're actually right, man. I, I, I take that back. <laughs> At this point... It's crazy. It, it really is because we, we've been defending Russ because of the slander he's been getting, but that slander is unwarranted from all the national media, and they just want, again, their clickbaits and all that. But, again, it's just things that I – like right now with Russ on the field, it, there's not a specific ability that he has right now that can overtake a game like how Mahomes has or like a Josh Allen has. And I just feel like the, right now, like him and Stidham right now, I think – Right now, they give us an equal chance of winning the game. That's what I'm and saying. I would even say Stidham gives us a better chance. Okay, so like at this point, I'm gonna just ask y'all. Okay, so do y'all think Stidham is better than Russ? At this point, yes. Holy. Okay, I don't, I don't, bro. That's not that's not the question that we need to answer though. It's what who puts us in are the Broncos? Who puts the Denver Broncos offense in the best positions to win football games? And I think for the most part, I would say Jared Stidham right now. Based off of Actually, what I've yeah, seen I agree with that point more. I, I agree with that, but J Max is trying to get me, you know. J yeah, like, what, what's the to, point of that question? J Max likes to poke the stick at me, and try to get me. No, to say no, 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 yeah, no, yeah, I mean, yeah. No, okay, look, look, I have to, I have to because, <laughs> no, because y'all, okay, basically, what y'all said is everything Russ is doing, y'all think Stidham could do better. That's big play, big playability. Like, I think Russ is a much better quarterback. Big playability, and like, yeah, but okay, but y'all said pocket presence, accuracy. Mobility, yes. so like, and then y'all brought up turnovers. You say, well, you can't see that until somebody gets in the game. So, by y'all standing, so so y'all think if you put Stidham in this offense, or you could say in his offense or anything, because if he's puts in the offense, he's better than Russ. Then he's better than Russ. Like that's just the the root of it. Like 
So Jordan thinks he's better than Russ. Amir, can you answer your question? Well, shit, I can't backtrack now. Yeah, Jarrett I'll, Stidham I'll, is. A, I'll stand with it. Jarrett Stidham is a better uh, Broncos quarterback than Russell Wilson. No, 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 no. I don't want to put any. Well, no, yeah, I'm not. obviously not going to take him over his career than Russell Wilson. I'm just saying right now, I'd I'm rather have Jarrett right Stidham. Now, who's a, right now, who's a better quarterback? Right now, I'd rather have Jarrett Stidham. Yeah, if I'm going to say he puts us in better positions, then yeah, I have to say Jarrett Stidham is a better quarterback in, the, in this league than Russell Wilson right now. Been a long episode. That 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 second half of the episode, honestly, was an episode in itself. So, uh, hope you guys yeah, enjoyed true. that. <laughs> hope you guys enjoyed that a uh, little rant and debate. I think that was a pretty good debate. Um, last question, real quick, uh, capping off the episode. Uh, do you guys think anybody's getting traded uh, before this deadline? Um, Josie Jewel, I think is a uh, one guy. I think that can still get traded. I think. Um, I think. Uh, they 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 kind of hit it on the broadcast that Sean Payton has been putting in younger players, and that's kind of. Made us one little bit like you know it's just what he's been doing. So I feel like that could be something that you see Josie Jewel be the guy on defense that that gets traded. I don't think anybody else on offense is going to get traded. I think this this game did change the course of the season in terms of like outcome and how it looks going forward. Like I think this is a now you got people now the Broncos think that they can probably contend. Well, not, not I won't say contend, but can but can fight down the stretch and they a lot of the games where it looks like losses can be wins now and i think you want to keep your guys for that so i don't think it's going to be a fire sale anymore i think you may see if you got i think may if i had to pick one player i would say josie jewel because i think you, sean payton might want to see more of drew sanders and what he can bring and like you said josie jewel he doesn't he has a year left on his deal so i feel like that's one player but i feel like as Corlin and judy's jerry judy goes i feel like you may see them get moved in the off season instead of now so uh, and before I uh, answer this question, I will just say, because I did look it up just a quick second, uh, I, I will be remiss if I don't say that uh, actually last year when Jared Stidham did play the Chiefs, uh, he threw for 219 yards and a touchdown and completed 22 passes and carried the ball seven times for 50 yards. But in terms of your question, I do not think well, defense anybody, better though. Huh? The defense is miles better this year. They had one of the worst defenses That's a good last point. Year. I mean, that is true. I mean, they do have the same DC, Chris Jones. I mean, they still have some of the guys there, but I'm just saying. Yeah, but as a as a unit, though, they're, they're playing way better. I understand. I understand. But that's something to throw out there. Just something to, you know, throw out there. No. In terms of trading. I can't give you that, Jordan. It's, it's two completely different units. Because right now, the Chiefs have one of the best defenses in the league. They're top three right now. Last year, they were bottom 10. They weren't good last year. Well, at the end of the year, they were. Yeah, but I mean, they always are going and making that late push. But I'm saying that the time, st- huh? Still counts. I mean, they he did play on January seventh, yeah, and that's when the Chiefs' defense was. Finding but the major- thing. majority of the seasons, like yeah, Casey, they always wake up in the playoffs and they they, they play a little bit better. But last year, like we have to we have to be honest, like the, the defense isn't the same how it is now. I'll say that. I got you. Not the same as they are now. I got you. I mean, he did play the Niners as well last year, twenty through thirty four. I mean, still doesn't because, change the fact that Stidham would actually step up in the pocket and get the ball out today. But uh, oh my god, yeah. Hey, um, I'm just saying, I'm doing? just saying. Jarrett Stidham played the Niners, twenty-three of thirty-four, three tuds, thirty-four yards rushing, and the Niners' defense last year was really good. So Sean I'm just Payton saying, sees that. So, something to throw out. That's just something to throw out. That's a factual did, thing. Did he win the game? No, he lost by three in overtime with the Raiders. It's pretty crazy. I did. I remember that game too. That was absurd. I remember that game as being his first career start where nobody had film on him. And I could have sworn last season that we did beat the 49ers. Well, I mean, no one has film of him in Champagne's offense. So. Oh, my God. What are we doing here, man? Something to, to mention. Again, in terms of trading, I don't think no one gets traded. I don't think so, and I'll actually end it on this. I think the Broncos do a little conservative trade swap with somebody. For including which players? I'm just – I'll put out that. I think they're not in a full sell, but they're also not in a full buy. They will make – I think they do make a trade. I just think it's more of a swapping of a players-type pick type thing. 
That's interesting because that doesn't really like make them buyers, but it doesn't make them sellers. They're literally just making a very like neutral trade and kind of improving their roster at the same time. So no, I, I would makes say them more low, buyers, low but... risk, low risk, high reward type trade. Because yeah, they are three and five. So that is interesting. I don't think a single person in Broncos media has brought that up. But and that's man, why you're into Broncos Avenue, baby. That's, that's what the fuck is up, man. Love that. <laughs> Hey, this episode was almost as long as our Russell Wilson holds on to the ball. That's crazy. Oh my! Um, right. No, 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 no. You see, J Mac? You see? You see? Am I'm I not wrong? Saying, I'm not saying that. You see, I, I do know Jerry Sim does get the ball out fast, but I'm not saying that. <laughs> and now, an hour five minutes is what it takes for every play. Just letting you know. Um, but hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Uh, if you guys enjoyed our debate, our very, very long debate about Ross and Jarrett Sidham, and then all, obviously all of our main and key takeaways from the good and the bad in today's game, um, make sure if you're listening on YouTube, hit the like button, comment down below. What do you guys think? Do you think Jarrett Sidham would be better in this offense right now? Would he have put a bit a bigger beating down on the Chiefs? Um, let us know. Or are you still on the Russell Wilson train? Um, not necessarily have to be on the Russell Wilson train, but do you think he's a better quarterback in the system than Jarrett Sidham would be? Let us know in the comments. Uh, subscribe. Help us get to 2K subs. If you're over on our other platforms, make sure you guys always do what I uh, ask of you. Leave a five-star rating. Turn notifications on so you never miss an episode of the Broncos Avenue podcast. Um, just had to get out there also that I wore the t uh, Tim Patrick jersey today because of his uh, cocky little shits comment on our episode that me and J-Mac had him on. Uh, huge, huge good luck charm to help us win today's game that I would like to think. Um, but yeah, like I said, hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I'm your host, Amir Farrell, with my co-host J-Mac and Jordan. To the next one, peace out, everybody.